Hello, I'm Jeremy. That is SP3. This is FMC. After a two-week hiatus with everything going on in, in my life, we are back. We are back to catch up on everything in the world of the NBA. SP3, I, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. Thank you for filling in on all the shows that you, you filled in for me on. Uh, I miss doing this show largely because my Denver Nuggets won the championship. But if you want, if you want me burying SP3, if you want SP3, if you want to, you want to see smoking on that SP3 pack because he didn't get to smoke on that Jokic pack. If you want to see us smoking on the SP3 pack, go back, watch in the weeds from last Friday, the, the tail end of the show when we had SP3 on. I played a two minute clip where, man, you said some stuff, SP3. You said some stuff. Do you have a Do you have a sermon? Do you have a Do you have a Nuggets sermon out here? Like, come on, praise praise Nicola. <laughs> praise me, Nicola. <laughs> no, I do not. I'm not gonna do any sermons. Your sermon. The, the The church is closed until October. Until October. <laughs> We get back to the new season. Then we can have the church. The, the Laker morning church will be back in full effect. Don't worry. You just have a few months to go by. But, yes, I am very glad to be back on FMC with Jeremy, my favorite person, to talk about all this craziness, whether it's NBA, reality television, and all, all of that in between. And like we said before we went live here, there's a lot to discuss in the NBA. A lot. Like I'm glad that you had me on in the weeds so you can drag me a little bit for my awful uh, Denver Nuggets take so we can actually talk about all the stuff that has gone down since Game 5 of the NBA Finals, which is a lot in the NBA. They did not waste any time to get in the offseason started. Welcome, everyone. Good morning to everyone. Uh, uh, late Father's Day to everyone. Late Juneteenth to everyone. So, yes, it's a, it's a great morning here at FMC. So let's get into all the discussion. And, yes, we are matching. I said that, too, before we went live. I was like, we're matching T-shirts. Matching. Got the matching T-shirts on, and Jeremy is frozen with the with the great facial right there. Oh no! <laughs> no, you. I think. I think. I think. As soon as I said that, you, okay. you're you're coming coming back right. into form. You look pixelated right now, but you're coming back into form. Coming back into the reality. He went into the multiverse, the 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 Spider Verse, however verse you want to say. Spider Verse, great movie, half a movie. But great movie. Um, but yes, you, you seem to be coming in. You're you're Peter. You're Peter Parker. I'm Miles Morales. You're coming through. I think you're coming. Is it through. working? Is this okay? You're still you're still pixelated. You may oh, have boy. to jump out and then jump back in. I don't know. I can hold it down and be both of us for for the time being. Uh, we do have Eddie in the chat. Who says, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you guys think CT is still in love with DM or and never and never move on? I I think he is. I mean, it, that's the greatest the greatest romance in the challenge history is CT and DM. That is I I still I think the duel, that's another episode we need to do for FMC is, is ranking the challenge season. Ranking the challenge season. The duel is up there for me as far as top 10 challenge season because of the CTDM 
relationship. Plus, it was West's first championship. That's like two things. Two things that make that season close to my heart is the CT and DM romance when they first meet and fall in love, and then West winning his first championship. The duel. The duel won. Am I okay? You're yes. back now. You're okay. back now. That's why I ended my, my, All right. my diatribe there. <laughs> um yeah i i don't like i don't know if ct's still in love with dm but like that's a big heartbreak to to get over like that and then try to move on and it doesn't seem like he found the right person either so that's not helpful like if you try to move on you don't find the right person um so it's it's tough but ct's the goat and the duel was a, a fantastic season you go back and, and watch it um what okay so so that was like 17 years ago feels so old the wife is is messaging me um as she does first off anonymous general manager (laughs) first off she she said what you were saying off air because we were talking about the nba season and how like yeah the finals wrapped up last monday and then on sunday we got a bradley beal trade and we have rumors of a, a Damian Lillard trade, Draymond Green's opting out of his contract. We have the NBA draft in a couple of days. And I said Zion to- Williamson is a porn star. Yeah. Zion yeah. Williamson ja. is a porn. I repeat, Zion Williamson is a ja porn got star. Sus- ja got suspended for 25 games. Like it doesn't stop. It doesn't. And so- I, I said part of that is that like the games finish and then they're smart and that like the draft is within a week of when the games finish. Had we gone to a game seven, which I think would have been Sunday, the draft would have been less than a week after that. So it's like, yeah, there is no downtime. And then you got free agency starting on July 1st, which is very soon, which is, you know, the following Saturday. And you got all the rumors and stuff leading up to that. Once free agency starts, everything on the fallout to that, I'll never forgive Kevin Durant for ruining the 4th of July. Fuck Kevin Durant. Um, but the, the wife messaged me and says, a lot to discuss because the NBA season never ends. If it ended, you wouldn't have as much to talk about. But then she says, are you guys saying the CTE romance? <laughs> what is the CTE romance? I'm looking directly at my wife, who I know is watching. <laughs> Baby, what is the CTE romance? Please explain that. Love with the me. with the feeling of a concussion? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, is that the CT? Wrestlers might have that with the bumps I keep taking. Jeez, I mute myself. CT romance. Um, hey, it could be. Um, but yeah, can we just talk about before we get into the 2023 NBA draft? Can we talk about the 2019 NBA draft? If you want to have the definition of Americana, the downfall of the first two picks of the NBA draft in 2019, Zion Williamson, John Morant, it comes down to the three pillars of Americana. Gun violence, obesity, and porn. The three pillars of Americana put down these two young men. These two young men, I remember 2019 NBA draft, they was like, oh, this is going to be the guys that is going to take us into the next generation of the NBA. 
John Moran, this young upstart, kind of kind of part Allen Iverson, part Dwayne Wade, especially with how he plays on the court. Then you got Zion Williamson, the, the probably the, the most hyped up prospect since LeBron James. LeBron James. And like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Can we can, I can't believe it? Obesity, gun violence, and porn. Mariah Mills, keep dragging this man. Mariah Mills, just keep mentioning this man, tagging him in her tweets. If you don't know, you should know. Go ahead and go ahead and just put Mariah Mills in your Twitter account, in your Twitter search search. Not not Google search. Don't do Google search because you get in trouble with your missus. Don't you do get in trouble search. on a Twitter search too. At this point, <laughs> none of it's good. But speaking of porn. Rob Wilkins is here. Hello, Rob Wilkins. Mariah Mills, you can drag me all you want, please. Um, <laughs> go to the number two CT, number two CTE, Carl Anthony Towns. Let me. Did you hear what this man said on Pat Beverly's podcast? Unfortunately, yeah, he's changing the game, Rob. He's going to change the game. Yeah, he's going to make the game change from Minneapolis to Seattle when A Rod moves the team. This team, I can't stand it. I can't stand that he said this. I can't stand any of it. Yeah, I don't know what is wrong with the guy. He has CTE. That's all I had to say. That's it. Love you guys. And Mariah Mills, too. I love Bye, her Rob. You Bye. should tag her. She's, you know. Oh, I will. Bye. <laughs> CTE romance. There it is. <laughs> yeah, Eddie James says uh, Mariah Mills is threatened to release the, the tapes. Uh if Zion doesn't get traded to out of New Orleans, I think this is my conspiracy theory hat on. He's using her to attempt to get out of New Orleans. This is his way to get out of New Orleans. Is like, yeah, threaten to release these tapes unless they trade me out of New Orleans. So I think this is one big conspiracy, and this is how he gets out of New Orleans. That's my my hot take on Zion Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. I think that he may he may uh, get himself traded to Portland, which Portland. I was like, I was like, okay, Portland is better than than New Orleans. You don't have all the food there. But then I found out that Portland is uh, the leader in strip clubs uh, in America. It's the leading city in the amount of strip clubs that they have. James Harden know this? I I I think James Harden be like, I think I want to go there. We don't want to go there. I'll team up with with Damian Lillard. Come on, uh, but man, Mariah Mills, I, I I I didn't know that name as often as I do now after this whole uh, diatribe with Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, man, oh man, what happened, bro? Do you know the percentage of games he has played for New Orleans Hornets since uh, getting drafted in two thousand nineteen? We're all uh, back New in <laughs> New Orleans Pelicans, excuse me. See, man, you might as well beat where's, the Hornets because he hasn't played for them. I should have, first off, a couple of things. I feel like it's like maybe 21%. That even feels... 36. Oh, okay. I'd say 21 36. felt a little low, but it was also, <laughs> I didn't feel too bad about it because I threw it out there. We should invite uh, Professor Nick on, Hornets apolo- or Pelicans apologist, Professor Nick, who... First off, accused me of trolling when I picked the Denver Nuggets to win the championship. Trolled my way into a championship. 
So he was wrong. And the this Pelicans mess, they're looking good for him. Maybe um because Zion gets traded at the draft or something. I'll, I'll reach out to Nick. We'll see if we get Nick on next yeah. week to to talk Hornets and this whole ordeal they got on their hands because I don't know if Zion gets traded. It, it seems like it's a possibility. Brandon Ingram might be a possibility because the Pelicans apparently want to move up to like two or three in the draft. And like, you got to give up yeah. Zion or Ingram in that. I was talking to uh, my buddy, Dustin. He's a, he's a Portland fan. And um, I asked him, you know, would you trade the number three pick for Zion? And he said, yeah, like even though Zion can't stay healthy, like when he is healthy, you, you want to go after that guy. It's the best shot of keeping Dame because Dame, I don't know where, I don't know what Dame wants to do. Every season, I feel like we do this dance with him of don't want to go, but you know if it happens. But then he feels less committal this year than he has in past years. And it's because I don't know if there's a path to victory for the Trailblazers right now, unless you do trade that number three pick and you get immediate help. And look, Zion is, he is what he is right now when he can't stay healthy. But when he's on the floor, that's a great piece next to Dame. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. It's a good signal to Dame of like, we're trying to win. Like, sorry that this guy can't stay healthy, but like, we're trying to win for you and everything. So I don't know what happens with Dame. There's going to be, there might be some movement at the draft. A lot of times with this, these drafts, we get a lot of these rumors and then nothing actually comes to fruition. Uh, that, that happens every single year with the draft, but there's certainly rumors out there for the number two pick, the number three pick to see if there's going to be, any trades of any team trying to move out of those spots or a team looking to move up from that spot. Um, Let's talk about a trade. We know happened a trade that actually did happen. Bradley Beal for peanuts and pennies. And uh, apologies to, to Chris Paul, but like they were going to wave that man. Anyway, they were going to buy him out whatever they were going to do. They weren't keeping him around. Landry Shamit is, I don't know if he's going to be on the Wizards. So basically, the Wizards got a couple second round picks for Bradley Beal. Pick who swaps. was, yeah, which those are meaningless, honestly. Let's pick swaps, unless things go completely sideways for the Suns, which they might. They honestly might. But like Durant's locked into a long term contract. Beal's locked into a long term contract. I think Booker has a, has a decent contract on him as well. So like, that that team's going to be together for a little bit until things potentially just do go wrong. Injuries, still the 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 Wizards are going to be worse than than the Suns. That those pick swaps aren't too too meaningful. Um, at yeah, least you but this take- this might be the first time that yeah the Wizards are not going to be better than the Suns, but the Suns they they are not better. <laughs> They're not better. They're basically the Nets of the West. They're the Nets of the West. It's basically the same big three that the Nets trotted out there with KD, uh, James Harden, and Kyrie Irvin, where you have three guys that need the ball, and it looks great on paper, but the whole Suns, the whole issue with the Suns was not having a third scorer. It was death. Like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? Here's... Anytime you got a chance to get Bradley Beal for what they gave up, you're not going to find a lower price on Bradley Beal. I'm not going to begrudge the Suns of like, hey, don't make this trade because you don't need scoring. You need depth. No, make this trade. Get good players on your team. That That's helpful. Yes, they do need depth. 
do they trade DeAndre Ayton? They they still have DeAndre Ayton. Let's be fair to them. The, the Nets did not have anybody of the caliber of DeAndre Ayton. I'm not super high on DeAndre Ayton, especially after this past season, but the Nets didn't have anybody of, of that caliber yeah. Yeah. Um, on their roster. So they still have DeAndre Ayton. Do they trade him and get depth pieces? You can probably trade Ayton and get you know, serviceable players in return, whether it's, you know, a couple of wings, if you want to roll with Biombo and Jock Landell as your, if you can re-sign one of them uh, as, as your probably, bigs. Probably the best move they can make is trading DeAndre into the Pacers and getting healed and, and Miles Turner. Because that trade has been... I'm not doing that. No, if I'm the Pacers, no. But but I mean, that's the best deal that the that the oh, that's Suns a great can get deal out for Phoenix. Yeah, that yeah. that's a great deal for Phoenix. But I don't see any trade other than that that would be beneficial to the Suns. I think the Suns are going to run into the same problem that they had this season. They have a lack of depth, and they this is just completely this is throwing dirt on Kevin Durant's legacy. And I know you're happy about this because yeah. this is now this is now what? Two different teams, three different teams. He has he has ruined. He leaves Oklahoma City which which downgrades them and then He's he goes bitch. to the it's like and like ever since ever since he left the Warriors, I've been asking the same question. Why? Like I understand you and Draymond Green got into a whole disagreement and everything, but now Draymond Green loves you, had you on his podcast and everything. You're telling me you could have worked it out on the same team? That absence made the heart grow fonder. I'm sorry, taking off season. That's absence. Absence make the heart grow fonder. Y'all could have worked it out and been back on that team. The only reason that y'all didn't three P is because you got injured. Why would you go to another team? Another team with Kyrie Irving. And I love Kyrie. Kyrie is family, but he's not the most reliable person in the world to go to go team up with in uh, in Brooklyn. Then you brought James Harden into the mix. Then you got Steve Nash fired. Then you bailed out of town with left them with nothing. Left them in ruins. The the Brooklyn Nets. They'd be lucky to win thirty games next season. And then you now what you're doing with Phoenix, where this new owner syndrome of just Oh, I got to get my guy in here. I got to get my coach in here. Got to get my general manager. He is completely slowly deconstructing a team that was in the NBA finals two years ago. People tend to forget that, that they were in the NBA finals, Jeremy, two years ago. What are we doing? They're deconstructing the team. They were in the finals two years ago, but one year ago not this past season one year ago they got blown out by the mavericks in a, in a game seven where they had a great regular season i don't begrudge getting kevin durant when you have a chance to get kevin durant i don't begrudge getting bradley beal especially at the price that they got bradley beal for i don't begrudge any of these moves is it conducive to winning a title in today's nba i don't know and that's and that's the thing that I think you really got to look at is look at the past champions. Look at the, the Denver Nuggets from this past season. This is why I picked the Denver Nuggets, mind you, is I like that they had a team that had been together for a little bit, that had battled through everything together, 
battled through some injuries, battled through some tough seasons, battled through media and, and coaches wanting to be fired and everything. And they stuck together. They added pieces on the peripheral, right? Aaron Gordon was, was a great trade for them. Turned out even better than I think they could have imagined because he really found that role. I love the pickups of Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown coming into this season. And they played a big role in their playoff run. That's why I picked the Nuggets because I liked how that team was together. It wasn't, let's well, hey, a collective group of superstars. It was Jokic, two-time MVP, Murray, some question marks, Porter Jr., good skill set, but also question marks defensively. And then just some good pieces around them, guys who filled roles. The the season before that, Golden State, that's a team that had been together for a while, had won championships together. You got Steph, you had Clay, question marks with the injury, Draymond declining. They got some young guys on the team. How do they all fit? Um, But it was still a team that had been together for a little bit. The Bucks, another team that just battled through some stuff together. But they added Drew Holiday, which was a great pickup in place of of Eric Bledsoe. But Giannis and Middleton, and then even like Budenholzer, like they had some failures and everything together. The Lakers might be the the uh, exception here because that was LeBron and Davis. That was the first season Davis was there, correct? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they they at least had they had LeBron, they had Davis, and they had the great role players around them as well there was a hierarchy there and i think that's the thing is you need you need your one star maybe two and then you need all your role players to fill in and you need the hierarchy within all of that you need guys who fill roles and this phoenix suns team the way they're building the way really every every kevin durant team has been built since the golden state because he joined a warriors team that was already in place and it's like oh yeah we're swapping out harrison barnes for Kevin Durant. I'm shocked this is working at this point. But you go to Brooklyn and you see how that team building went. You look at Phoenix, you see how this team building is going. It just doesn't seem the conducive way to build an NBA championship, to, to build an NBA cha- a team at this point. Like, look how this is working for the Clippers. And Grant, the Clippers have like a lot of injuries and everything, but this is the point. When you have these injuries, you, and I actually think the Clippers had some depth, but they just had older guys who then got mad at what their roles, because now apparently uh, Marcus Morris is is mad at his role in, in uh, with the Clippers and everything because he's not getting enough shots, which I said, I, I think I said that last year, like this was going to be an issue when Paul George and Kawhi come back. It's like, okay, now are these guys going to be happy taking a lesser role? And they're not right now. But you look look at the Clippers of like loading up on the super. Look at even the Lakers when they traded for for Westbrook, is like oh we're just gonna get a bunch of great players and then sacrifice the depth. And then when were the Lakers good when they traded Westbrook and got depth pieces who could fill certain roles in that place and just reestablish a hierarchy on that team? That's how you sort of build a championship at this yeah. point. Look, look at Miami. Miami's got one one star player, Jimmy Butler. And he's inconsistent. And, and Bam is a, a very good player who does a lot of good things. I think at this point he might be underrated. Everybody else is just a guy who fills a role. But they do it really well. They do it within the structure of the team. That's why Miami is so successful. I just don't think loading up in this way is is the way to win a championship anymore. And maybe the Suns just come out and they blitz everybody and it doesn't matter. And they, they score. Look, they're going to score points. I don't think there's any question about that. This team is 100% going 
going to score points. They do have the the chip of the Andre to trade for depth. But you're one injury away. You're you're a Beal injury. You're a Kevin Durant injury, and Kevin Durant has some injury issues. About like, to be 35 years old. Yeah, like Kevin Durant's got some, like you're a Kevin Durant injury from just being Booker, Beal, and DeAndre Ayton, and then not a whole lot around those three. Like, is that team good enough to to like really win and sustain? Probably and who's not. The like, point guard. Who's the point guard? Like, Booker. Like Booker I know. Des- I know. Guard. I know. I know. Booker is going to have the ball majority of the time, but he's not a true point guard. The way the reason they got to the NBA Finals is because they had a true point guard to go along with Booker, who can who could score at will and create his own shot, and to go along with Aiton, who can be a force down low when when things are working and cooking for him. Hasn't been cooking ever since he was about to walk out of Phoenix. It's just been downhill ever since then. Like, it just keeps on happening. It just keeps on going with these Kevin Durant teams. And he is just like... He he is he is freaking an, another across the Spider Verse. Uh, anom- he's an anomaly. He's an anomaly in the Spider Verse. He went to a different a different dimension. He wasn't supposed to be, and everything just shatters around him. Everything just shatters around him. He's not supposed to be here. He should still be in probably Golden State, and he would have won another championship. He would not have been leapfrogged by basically by um. By, by Stephen Curry, some people would say he's been leapfrogged by J- Nikola Jokic as far as the all-time conversation as well. He's been leapfrogged by, by Giannis in the current conversation of who's the best player in the world. He's been leapfrogged by even a, someone that, that hasn't accomplished much. A lot of people think Joel Embiid is better than him now. Like He has to put so much dirt on his legacy it's okay. just sad to see it's sad to see kevin durant was the guy that was the competition for lebron james he was the one that you used to argue that if lebron james was was the best player in the world you used to say nope there's kevin durant kevin durant's right there kevin durant should have won a few more mvps kevin durant can win a championship and it just seems like so long ago that he has been that guy that can lead a team to a championship he did it in Golden State, even though he came to an already made Golden State. He was the best player on the team, but it just ever since he's left there, it's just his legacy and him has been falling down the ladder of success. Good. He's a coward, and he ran in Oklahoma City. He ran to the Warriors, and then he got two two meaningless rings because big deal. He joined a 73-win team and got two rings. They were winning those rings if they had Harrison Barnes, okay? No, they, they were weren't. Win those rings. No, they weren't. Cavaliers is better than them if they if they have Harrison Barnes. The second season after Kyrie bounced on Cleveland? No. Yeah. No, that, that Cavs, Cavs team Cavs was still terrible. Won. That Cavs, Cavs team, still that, was like, that was an all-time carry job by LeBron James to get that team to to the finals after Kyrie had bounced. The well, East Kyrie, wasn't Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie was there in 2017. I'm talking about the first season. Yeah, I said the second season. Oh, okay. The se- well, no, but I'm saying I'm, I'm saying I'm talking about it that that first season with KD, Cavs would have beat them. Maybe. Maybe. Because the Cavs had won the the previous season and maybe the Warriors come back with a bigger chip on their shoulder similar to the Spurs after the Spurs lost in the finals to the Heat, 
and they came back with that big chip on their shoulder and just destroyed Miami and the finals. Well, the, they, the they, they had the benefit of they had a very young uh, Kawhi Leonard who had those key missed free throws and those kind of that created the chip on his shoulder to become better. And then you don't think the, you better. don't think blowing a three one lead is going to create a chip on the Warriors shoulder. They didn't have to have a chip because they were just like, oh, here's Kevin Durant. We're good. Like we don't need to really. That was the chip. Know. They developed yeah. the chip. And the chip was named KD on their no, shoulder. They, they didn't need a chip because it was just like, yeah, we got Kevin Durant. We don't really got to come back too strong out of this. We don't got to prove too much. Like if things go wrong, here you go, Kevin, just make a bunch of shots, but you couldn't do an OKC when it mattered, but that I'm sure you can chip. do it now. That was now, I, I think the Warriors, I think the Warriors with that, that team, that mentality, knowing how they operate, I think they would have come back and they, they would have been, uh, they probably would have been back in the finals against that Cleveland team. That Cleveland team was just as good. Uh, the- nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover hero bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. year after they won the title because they returned most of, most of everybody. And then, yeah, maybe who knows what we would have seen in the finals. We're never going to know because... Kevin Durant ran. I think OKC would have been good that year had Durant stayed because that was a team that blew a 3-1 lead. I would assume they would hopefully have something to prove. That was a team that was going to add. Keep keep this in mind. This is what Kevin Durant ran from. This is what he left, by the way. This is why he's forever going to be a bitch who deserves no love and ruined 4th of July. That was a team that traded Ibaka for Victor Oladipo Oladipo coming off a, a good season in Orlando, kind of a, a missing six-man score that they needed. They were going to add Al Horford to that team as well. They were going to add a very good Al Horford coming off uh, great seasons in Atlanta. That starting lineup was going to be Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson, who whatever, uh, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and Steven Adams and Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. It's a very good basketball team that Kevin Durant yeah. left and then left with, like, nothing. Uh, he left got OKC two championships. Very little. He, got, he yeah. got two championships out of that one. Left OKC Leave. with very little. Hey, he got he got two championships. He 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 came away he came away nice. Two championships, two NBA finals. It looks great on his on his resume. We we fans that had to watch that and deal with that. Yes, it, it does not feel the same. It probably even feels cheaper than the Miami Heat championships to a lot of people. I think I I, I rate them. I rate I rate them basically the same. They're they're both super teams. They were both stacked up, and they probably shouldn't have won. They probably shouldn't have even had the chance to have those teams on the court. Talk about talk about you, you talk about David David Stern David Stern. You stopped Chris Paul from being on the Lakers in 2011. You couldn't stop Kevin Durant from going to the Golden State Warriors. Couldn't stop LeBron James going to Miami Heat. What are we doing? listening podcast since a super chat or just money uh appreciate it. everyone go check out the the interview he did on in the weeds uh yesterday 
Uh, he joined in and talked to AW Collision, CM Punk, and, and all that. We're cutting that up. That'll be a singular interview, but you can just go back and watch it. I do apologize. I was really looking forward to, to chatting with uh, the CM Punk Insider uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I had to to run yesterday for, for an emergency. The wife doesn't oh, – she had – I, I mean, I'll put it out. She had a flat tire and I had to go uh, rescue her. Like a, she was a damsel in distress and I had to go rescue her. I apologize. That, that I... <laughs> he takes off the headphones. He rips off his shirt. Like, da, 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 yeah, and I pulled out my cell phone and called AAA. <laughs> I was like, what can we do here? <laughs> I like turned back on Indoese. I watched the beginning when you guys started the interview, and then I turned it back on after I was done recording something. And then Kate was on there, so I was like, "Oh man, Jeremy transformed into Kate. That's an upgrade." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like changed up my hair. <laughs> my wife is coming. Do you want to? Do you want to say anything? Okay. All right. Yeah, she says I came and rescued her. Triple A man, he's triple A man. <laughs> she gets very, she gets very shy when I try to uh, put her voice on air. <laughs> um, all right, Bradley Beal, he got traded. We'll we'll see what it comes down for. I don't think the Suns are done. I I think. All right, so here's my question to you: Do we get a DeAndre Ayton trade? Like, do you think they actually make this deal before the season or do you think they go into the season with eight and see kind of how it meshes and then figure it out? If I was them, I would honestly go into the season with eight and see how it figures out because I don't think they're going to get the best trade possible with how he played in the playoffs last last uh, last season, especially against the Denver Nuggets. I don't see them getting the best deal possible. I think if he comes out this season and he's playing for his next team, he's playing to, to, to be a nice little trade piece to go to a team that he can at least do something with, whether that's, you know, score a lot of points, be a number one, a number two option like he was previously. I think that if he comes out like that, the Suns can make a deal for him. But I honestly see the Suns making the trade and doing what they can uh, before the season starts. I honestly do see that with how this new owner is dealing with things. I think they're going to make the trade early on and probably not get the value for DeAndre. See, I don't know if he's going to have value if you start the season because – he's fourth on this chart here. Yeah. Like he's not going to get the touches. He was already complaining about his role. Now you have Bradley Beal, where at least when you had Chris Paul, Chris Paul is very willing to set up other guys. Bradley Beal's out here to score. Like that's what he's there for. You're going to need Devin Booker to take a step back from scoring to set up other guys. But a guy he's going to be setting up is Bradley Beal. Like that's, that's an extra score out there along with Kevin Durant. I think Aiton's role is going to be reduced from where it was. And it was already pretty low. And he's just not a guy who I, I think DeAndre Aiton is a, is a fine player. I think on a like mediocre, bad team, he can be kind of like a 20 and 10 guy. But on this team, that's just, he's not going to be able to do that. Cause he's just not going to get the ball enough. That's just not his role on this team. So I don't think like 
he's actually going to increase his value as the season starts, unless they make a real conscious effort. We got to get eight in the ball. We got to get eight in the ball. What is that? You ain't winning basketball games if your offense is flowing through DeAndre Ayton. That's when you also got Devin true. Booker. When you got Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal, like running De- running through DeAndre Ayton ain't how you're going to win basketball games. So, I think that I think they should trade him now. If I'm Phoenix, I trade him now. Go ahead and get the depth pieces that I feel I need for this team. And then go into training camp with that. There's no, the longer you wait, the less time you have to, to gel everything together. I would rather go ahead, get the deal done, get the pieces I want into training camp, into preseason, into the start of the season. Because if you wait until December or January or further out, like the trade deadline, that just gives you less games to, to get everybody on the same page and get a cohesion that you need. And a lot of times, most of the times that doesn't work out. The only times that's like, I feel like it's really worked out is a LeBron James team. And that's largely because you got LeBron James on that team anyway. Cause LeBron always is pushing his teams to make trades at the deadline and stuff. And obviously the Lakers completely shifted things at, at the deadline and they got to the, the conference finals out of that. But most of the times when the, these teams make these deadline moves and stuff, it just, it doesn't work out in that way because you have to try to come together in a very short period of time. And that's why the teams that like make do their handle their business in the off season typically seem to fare a little bit better than the teams that handle their business at the trade deadline, unless you are just making like a little minor move to around the edges there. And then, you know, then whatever, you're just adding a depth piece to, to hopefully solidify things instead of, Hey, let's transform our entire roster with with 20 games remaining and hope this works. Hey, the, it can go one of two ways, just like the all season moves. I think that waiting, you can, you can find yourself with a team that's desperate. Like I always think about the Los Angeles Lakers in, in 2007, 2008, where we traded Kwame Brown for, for Paul Gasol that happened in December. That didn't happen in the off season. That happened in like December, January, we made that move. So that's why I said, I think that they should see what they could do on the court with, with what they have and uh, see, it's really about gelling these, these three guys together and see, Seeing how you can work an offense with three guys that need the ball. Can we know Kevin Durant can work without the ball and still get his shots, but he still needs the ball to get those shots. So is is Devin Booker gonna be the facilitator that you need to to run the offense? Is Bradley Beal gonna be able to get his shots with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the floor? I think it's more important to gel as a team that way with these big three, and then you can find out what you need after you. You see them on the court and at the very least i think they should do you know play a couple of preseason games before they make that move but i i also agree that is a good thinking to you know try to make the team gel ahead of time i just don't see them getting the right value for deandre Eaton right now if they make that trade i think that they're gonna be they're gonna be the losers in that trade and I don't think they're a really big winner in this trade anyway with Bradley Beal. I don't I don't see it. Honestly, the People winner of the Bradley the, the winner of the Bradley Beal trade to the Phoenix Suns is the Brooklyn Nets. Because the Phoenix Suns will not have Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal 
in like two or three years. So those Nets first rounders that they got from Phoenix are going to be looking mighty valuable by then. Okay, people, Trey, Trey Jones says they should have traded Aiton for Beal because Aiton doesn't want to be there. You're saying the Suns aren't big winners in this deal. Like they got Bradley Beal for nothing, okay? Nothing. I don't think Bradley Beal is this great fit on Phoenix, by the way. I don't think Bradley Beal is what they needed. They, they If they had the no. opportunity to, to go out there and, and get – somebody else and they should have what who else are you getting for chris paul who you were about to wave anyway landry shamit and some fake pick swaps and a bunch of second rounders who are you getting for this you you'd be lucky to get like aaron gordon for this type of trade okay like they, I'm not Aaron, Aaron Gordon would have been, would have been, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Gordon Aaron, would, Aaron go, would have, would have been, would have yeah. been a good pickup. And I agree with Trey. Yeah. I thought Beal should have went to to Miami. I was oh, like, I think Miami Beal, was a much better fit. Yes, I agree with that. Much 100%, better. One hundred percent. They need a scorer, and he's he's basically like a a, a slightly upgraded Tyler Hero. Slightly upgraded Tyler. And they Hero they reportedly wouldn't have had to given up Hero in that deal anyway, because there's no trade cause. Just allow Beal to just. Go whatever he go wherever wanted he wanted for whatever he wanted. So yeah, I agree that Beal would have been a better fit, a better option for Miami and in Miami. Again, if I'm looking at this from a Phoenix Suns perspective, and I clearly do not care about how much money I'm paying because they're going to be paying all, a lot of the luxury tax and all of this stuff, and I don't care about these long term contracts because clearly you can move off a lot of these contracts anyway. There's always going to be some team out there desperate to take these contracts, desperate to take these players and stuff. Russell Westbrook was supposed to have the most untradeable contract in the history of the league. OKC got first-round picks and Chris Paul back, a good Chris Paul still, back for Russell Westbrook. Then he got traded to Washington. Then he got traded to Los Angeles. This man with this most untradeable contract ever has been traded three times, four times, because LA traded him to Utah. And then Utah bought all these all these contracts are tradable. All these contracts look bad. They're all pretty tradable. So I'm, I'm not worried about the money and the contracts and stuff. I'm looking at it from a Phoenix perspective. If I have the chance to add Bradley Beal, one of the premier scorers in the league, and you're telling me all I'm giving up is a guy who cannot stay healthy in the playoffs, a guy who is also making a ton of money, who I was trying to waive so I didn't have to pay him, that money and Landry Shamit, who might be good for a couple threes a game and a bunch of second round picks for guys who, who knows if they're going to play but I'm getting Bradley Beal and I already have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I, I'm a championship trying to win a championship right now. I'm making that deal. There's you're not going to get anybody else for those. You're not going to get anybody close to that level caliber player for what they ended up giving up. And the point about Aiton is like, oh, they shouldn't have traded No, you keep Aiton because now, one, if you don't have to give him up, don't friggin' do it. Now they can flip him for valuable pieces as well. Yeah. Or you just keep him and you see you see how it works. They gave up nothing to get this guy. I, I feel like this whole trade is very uh, kind of dependent on what the DeAndre Aiton trade is. 
if the Deontay trade, uh, Deontay Ayton trade is is good, and they get two to three pieces that are very reliable rotation pieces, then yeah, the Bradley Beal trade, I agree with you. It's it's one hundred percent in the positive for Phoenix, but it's really dependent on what they trade Ayton for, in my opinion. I mean, it is, but even if you keep DeAndre Ayton and you see how that works, like that's still fine. And then if if you trade you're going to get something for DeAndre Ayton, right? Like, you're gonna, I don't even... Here's the truth. I don't think in a realistic world, DeAndre Ayton for Bradley Beal is, is enough for Bradley Beal. I think that's a terrible trade for Washington in a realistic world. They didn't have to give up DeAndre Ayton in this deal. And you're telling me if Phoenix traded DeAndre Ayton for Bradley Beal, we'd probably be like, oh, that's a good trade. For Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be there. Sure, you add another score. Like, do you really need it? Maybe not, but like, you're getting Bradley Beal. That's pretty good. You got to look at what they gave up on this. And they gave up nothing on this trade to get Beal. And now you can flip Ayton. And you're going to get, even if you, who knows what the return is going to be. The return, I would assume, could be wrong because we don't know. But the return, I would assume, is just going to be good pieces who fit around this team. You don't need a superstar return for DeAndre Ayton. Before, no. you kind of felt you needed like a strong piece there for DeAndre Ayton. Like, you, oh, just, DeAndre you Ayton. just need a big man and a 3 and D guy in, in right. for, for Ayton right now. You just need a couple of depth pieces there, and you're good. And that's what you get for, for DeAndre Ayton. And then like, okay, that's a good win because you got Bradley Beal for nothing. This is a great trade. For Phoenix, it might not work. I don't. Well, I don't think the on the court. I don't, I don't think it's think gonna work. Is, that's that's my thing. I don't think it's gonna you work. It, you're base. You're basically making the trade as championship or bust, and I think it's a bust. But they were championship or bust anyway. When you have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker on your roster, you're looking to win a championship, and and even yeah. you can throw in DeAndre Ayton. Like you're already looking to win a championship. This boosts their odds of winning. A championship so i make this deal a hundred times out of a hundred times if i'm phoenix now washington this is where we got to talk about just i understand their hands were tied because there's no trade clause and everything like they were going to get what they were going to get phoenix wasn't going to give up anything more than they had to miami's offer was reportedly kyle lowry duncan robinson a young player and, and draft picks as well that ain't much. I think it's a better deal than yeah. You get a, at least they could have gave him a first rounder. Phoenix yeah. don't even got first rounders to give them. Like it, I, I, I think that the only way you know, I, I agree with you in this whole thing is the fact that yeah, the Wizards did not win this trade. Like that's why I said neither, neither team won this trade because I feel like the trade is is championship or bust. And don't see them winning a championship with Bradley Beal and this team as pres- as presently constructed. So I think it's a bust. But it, it's not to say the Wizard won this trade because they definitely did. They got they got a hot dog and a handshake for Bradley Beal. Like it's well, ridiculous. This, this is their own fault because. One, they gave him this no trade clause, which there's yeah. a reason nobody else has ever gotten this. And there's a reason why nobody else is ever going to get this after this deal. But they should have dealt him the season prior instead of signing him to this new big contract and playing for eighth seed. They tried to build a team that was good enough to get into the play in. And then they didn't even get into the play in. And it's like, oh, 
maybe we should reverse course and actually tank. I told you, I, I've told you this a thousand times, SP3. I've told everybody this a thousand times if you listen to this show. You don't want to be mediocre. You do not want to be stuck in that mediocre area because there's nothing good that comes out of that. You don't want to pay millions of dollars. You don't want to pay luxury. Debt. They got Beal, Porzingis, uh, Kyle Kuzma, all these guys. And what, for eighth? For eighth seed? They didn't even get that. They couldn't even get a play-in spot out of this. You don't want to pay all this money to just mediocre guys who aren't going to help you. You just don't. Um. You don't want to pay. You don't want to be. You either want to build a championship roster and know you can potentially contend for a title, or you just want to blow it all up and start at the bottom and then just build a roster that can grow together. That's what you want. You you want to pay Bradley Beal, who's twenty eight, who's good. There's nothing wrong with Bradley Beal. Great score. Bradley Beal hadn't really accomplished all that much. You could have flipped Bradley Beal prior to last season before you gave him this contract and you could have gotten a top, you could have gotten probably a lottery pick out of that. Some team probably would have been willing to give you a lottery pick because even though Bradley Beal is not a good number one guy, he's not a guy. He's probably not going to be a top guy on a championship team. Can Bradley Beal be the second best player on a championship team? If your first best player is like Giannis or something, sure. Like Bradley Beal could be a good second player, it, yeah. assuming you know depending on who the first best player is Bradley Beal could be a strong second option though he can be a very strong third option which you know if he went to Miami yeah, great fit there in Miami great fit they maybe potentially could have traded Beal a season ago to Miami they could have maybe gotten Hero in return they certainly could have gotten more than the Lowry Robinson nonsense that was offered this year but no, they, they could have traded him to the to... Lakers and gotten Austin Reeves before the Austin Reeves explosion happened. They could you yeah. imagine you get you get a bomb before it goes off and you get to put it anywhere you want? Oh my god, they could have had him. They could have had him. <laughs> they could have. Instead, they held on to him, gave him this no trade clause, and they got him for pennies. As you said, hot dog and a handshake. The Wizards are a team. And now they're blowing up their roster a year after the Wimbenyana sweepstakes to where now you're looking at a draft that just isn't as good as, as this year's draft. Hey, they're going to try to get the Brawny, the Brawny sweepstakes. They're going to try to get in for the Brawny I mean, look, if that's going to entice the you know LeBron to come to Washington, then sure. But the Wizards are just – that was a poorly, poorly ran franchise right there. Just poor – no other way to put it. They were a year late on trading Beal because they wanted to. And everyone knew. Everyone knew just looking at that roster. Yeah, they might be a play-in team. Maybe. Maybe they're a play-in team. That Everyone knew looking at that roster that that roster was simply not good enough. And you got to be honest with yourself sometimes. Just be like, you know what? It ain't worth it. It ain't worth being mediocre when we can instead try to execute a rebuild this is what i know people are like oh okay see tanked black eye for the franchise black eye for the nba that was a big talking point black eye for the nba okc okc built it the right way now everybody's praising okc because it's like oh you yeah, got all Matt, these draft picks 
You had oh, Mad Dog saying y'all, y'all are going to be an NBA champion contender next, yeah, that's next year. that's dumb, but I mean, appreciate it. I don't think that's happening at all, but like... I think y'all everyone... two or three years away. Two or yeah, three years yeah. away. But everyone looks at OKC now, it's like, oh, this is probably a good way to build a team, is trade all these guys, get these draft picks. Look, they hit on Shea, but they hit on Shea because of they traded Chris or not Chris Paul, uh, Paul George at peak value. And they needed to trade yeah, yeah. Paul George because Kawhi was going to the clip. But this is the thing. They traded him at a peak value time. And that's how you get a guy like Shea. You don't wait a year to trade these guys. You, you trade them when you feel they are at a peak value. And that's what they did. And then they just loaded up on picks. They've hit on some picks. Giddy, Jalen Williams, um, they, they, they've hit on some of the Chet. We haven't even seen Chet, but they got lucky. Not lucky, but like the lottery played out and they got the second overall pick to get Chet. Yeah. So they've hit on picks, which you obviously need, but you can't hit on picks if you don't have picks. And they got a ton of picks and they can continue. They just made a move. They made a move during the NBA finals with the Nuggets, which was hilarious of like they traded their worst first round pick next season which I didn't know you could do. Like they got four first round picks next season. And they're like, yeah, whatever pick is the worst. You can have that one. Apparently this is a thing you can do. And they traded it to the nuggets for like a, a first round pick in like 2027 or something. It's like, sure. I don't know what this move is, but it's basically just stretching the asset down the road, which I'm, I'm for, but this is what you can do when you have all these draft picks. And everybody's like, everybody praises OKC now. It's because OKC was honest with their fan base as well of just like, Hey guys, I know everybody's used to playoffs and being a contender and all this stuff, but like we got to take a different route here. We just don't have that luxury right now. Stick with us. Don't worry. And, just and, and they, and they really took from the model of the Philadelphia 76ers with the, with the trust the process when they were honest with their fan base, that trust the process we're taking, we're taking so, so we, we can build on the league. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're tanking until we build a contender and they've been a contender in the east not a strong contender but a contender nonetheless and now we're we're gonna see that with the oklahoma city thunder i think that the wizards are just in a position where they 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 really got to get rid of all these players and try to stack up on draft picks and we'll see how that works for them i'm very much interested in where chris paul is gonna end up, and I saw your Lakers, your headline. Lakers, it's one of baby. it's one of two teams. He's gonna wind up in Los Angeles, and he's either gonna go back to the Clippers or he's finally gonna play for the Lakers. And I'm not, you know, and I, I know I've had my rivalry with with Chris Paul, SP3, Greater and CP3, and I know it says in the title, Chris Paul will haunt SP3. He's going to. I am. I am okay. I am okay. I'm at the okay meter. Uh-huh. Of if he winds up with the Lakers because uh-huh. he 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 now can fit that role that Ray John Rondo fit into in 2020, where he could be the facilitator, he could take some ball handling responsibility away from LeBron James. LeBron James can focus more on scoring. Hopefully, he's back and he's healthy this upcoming uh season after getting the foot surgery. I I hope that he can also, you know, work the pick and roll with Anthony Davis. And I hope also having a LeBron James there will take some of the ball responsibility from Chris Paul so he can avoid injury late into the season. So I'm okay with that. Him going to the Clippers, I'm better. I'm, I feel better about that because I'm okay with him 
tanking and being Chris Paul choke P3 for the Clippers. It gives the Clippers another reason to choke, which they're very good at. They don't need another reason, but it would be awesome. You're okay with it until Chris Paul actually signs with this team and he gets injured in the playoffs or he just has a bad playoff game. And as you call him, choke P3, just can't get it done when it matters. You're okay with it until all of that happens. I probably, just like you were okay with the Russell Westbrook trade of just like, oh yeah, it's fine. It'll, it, it, all the Lakers fans talk themselves into, it's good. It's, it's, it's fine. It'll all work out. And you're actually a Chris Paul hater. I don't think you had disdain for Russell Westbrook like you have disdain. I, I, I had disdain for, for LeBron James before he came. You did, but let's be honest. LeBron James is LeBron James, and he was still coming off a run with the Cavs that was good. Chris Paul, the finals was two years ago, man. And these last two seasons ain't really three years ago, I guess, at this point. In these last three seasons, two seasons, that game seven against Dallas – the way he was playing against Denver, Denver was cooking them when Chris Paul was on the court. The only reason hey. Phoenix got two games was because Devin Booker just had to make everything possible. When Chris Paul was on the court, they were cooking that man because he don't play defense like he used to. He doesn't play defense. Hey, like all, all, all I know is if we keep him, Austin Reeves, if we keep him, and we keep Rui Hashimura, and we can get Chris Paul on the 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 veterans minimal minimal exception. I'm fine. I'm fine with this. I'm okay with this. Maybe it can go up to oh, I feel really good about this. Maybe after like 20 games and things gel and things work out, maybe I'll feel better about this. But I'm just at the okay mark. And yes, that's why I'm at the okay mark because it can very easily go into. Oh, trade this guy immediately. It could go right into that. I'm closer. It, okay is like not even in the middle. It's on one side of the fence of this is a bad idea, and I'm just ready to jump off the fence and be on this is a bad idea. So that's why I'm at okay. I was directly on the fence with Russell Westbrook. I was Wait. like, this wasn't a good fit. I don't know what we're doing here, but let's see how it works out. And then I jumped off the fence onto the side that we should have never made this trade. We should have never listened to LeBron. Keep LeBron out of the GM room. Let Rob Palenka do his thing. And when they did that, we made it to the conference finals. So I have faith in Rob Palenka. If he thinks this is the best idea for us and it's not coming from LeBron James. And I saw, I saw, I saw everybody doing videos about Kyrie convincing LeBron to go to Dallas Mavericks. Like this that was a real possibility. You know how you know how fast that talk went away? That only lasted like a day. It lasted a day that people were saying that. I was like, I was like, why are we even doing talking points about this? This is not a realistic possibility. What are we doing? Wait until Chris Paul actually signs with the Lakers and then we'll gauge where you're at. SP3 once it becomes a reality. But I, I know you changed your headline to Chris Paul to the Clippers. Let me tell you, as excited as I would be about Chris Paul to the Lakers because it's a great troll move against you, do you know how much more excited I would be for a team of Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, 
Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. That's the team that I want right there. I don't like this. This would be a great team five years ago. It might be a good team nowadays. They couldn't stay healthy. Russ is going to be out there all alone, just playing with four guys <laughs> he's never heard of. Me and you are going to be on that team. Honestly, me and you are going to be it's on that going, team with Russ. It's, it's going to be like one of those teams that Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain used to get fifty and fifty against, where you got you got you got factory workers, you got teachers, you got teachers on the court, you got the usher who's taking tickets. He take, he he he's finished taking the tickets for the game. He takes off the usher jersey and he got a jersey on underneath. They're going to be getting guys like that for this team. Oh yeah. man, they, they, I don't know who's going to be on that team if that's if that's what they're rolling with but russ is a free agent maybe he comes back to the clippers i think he like, i think he wants to stay in la and obviously the clippers are the option he ain't going back to the lakers at that point um that's the team that i want though just the the sheer absurdity of that team a russell westbrook chris paul duo is one of the things that will pop me forever of just like we really need it because their styles are just completely, completely opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Like Chris Paul, the traditional point guard, tries to get others involved, tries to make the right play, plays very in control, plays at a very slow pace and everything. And Russell Westbrook plays completely out of control, tries to score first. We'll get others involved, like if it means if the defense sucks in and kick it out and everything, just a turnover machine, just the the justification of Westbrook and Paul. I want to see those two and how they work. And just when Russ has some terrible play down the stretch where he turns the ball over and Chris Paul is like, what What are we doing here? Like, oh man, I want to see this so, so bad. This is what I'm rooting for more than I'm, I'm, I'm not rooting against you. SB3. I don't believe you. You I'm need more people. <laughs> you need more oh, people. Said, I'm rooting for the Clippers to get Chris Paul. I'm rooting for the Clippers <laughs> to get Chris Paul over the Lakers. You know I. You know I. You. You know I. I'd be. I'd be hilarious if the Clippers. If the Lakers ended up with Chris Paul, it'd be hilarious if the Lakers ended up with Chris Paul, but I want them on the Clippers, assuming they bring back Westbrook. If they don't bring back Westbrook, I don't care. I don't care at that point. You got to have both of these on the same team. Yeah, either, 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 or this is not the best situation for either one of these teams because, you know, LeBron, LeBron has been on the court more than anyone uh, on the two teams as far as star players. Anthony Davis is not the most reliable. He's probably going to miss 20 games or more next season, like he does every single season. And, uh, but even with that, AD and, Le- and LeBron have probably played a lot more than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have played with each other. So, hey, if, if the if the Clippers want to really go out of their way to get Chris Paul, they just gonna have they gonna have three star players who are not on the court when it really matters the most. And Russell Westbrook can have his triple double, average a triple double in the playoffs next season. Just sent uh, our pal Louis the the link here. He's going to join us for a little NBA draft talk. The draft is on Thursday. Um, the Lakers have a first round pick. They've got a 
late first round pick, don't they? They trade that. I believe so. I believe so. No, I believe Uh, we have a a late first round pick this season. The the Thunder have only one first round pick this season. Um, They're they're just in. Yeah, well, they got four. Well, I guess they have three now next season because they um, they traded the worst, the worst of the first round picks uh, to the Nuggets for a first round pick in you know uh, in, in twenty twenty seven or whatever it was, whatever the deal was that they ended up yeah. leading to the Nuggets in the middle of we're the pick- finals. Mind we're you. picking seventeenth, uh, so okay. just just four picks, uh, five picks after your Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder at twelve. Yeah, the Thunder, Thunder picking 12. Uh, this is one of the deeper drafts from everything that I've sort of read. At least it's better than, than next year. Uh, the draft next year is a little a little thin compared to, to this year. We know who's getting picked first. I think yeah, it's like it's like everything, it's 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 like everything else after one, because we all know yeah. uh that San Antonio won the Wen Benyama sweepstakes, and when Benyama is gonna join the lore of Tim Duncan and David Robinson as big men picking number one for the San Antonio Spurs. So we know he's going first and then it just becomes, all right, do you take, then the intrigue starts because you either have Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller at two, but also the Hornets might trade out of two. I don't know what the Hornets, the Hornets are another team just building a mediocre roster. And even Michael Jordan was like, I'm tired of losing money and games and I'm out of here. Let me sell for $3 billion. And, you know, then I'll really make some money. Uh, but they pick it too if they do end up taking that pick. And then the Blazers, I think a lot of intrigue uh, on the Blazers because I think a lot of teams would be willing to come up to potentially get uh, Henderson or Miller in this. Yeah. But, but Louis is going to join us, and he is a, a draft expert. He sent me a very good write-up on uh, Grady Dick, who is projected to be a lottery pick. And I was like, hey, do you want to just come on and – He's always in the chat as well. Yeah, come on, we'll, we'll do some quick previews and everything, and talk a little bit. A, draft. a, a so great all-time is... hater. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I am. Hi, Lily. Uh, doing all right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Again, you sent me a great write-up on on Grady Dick, and we always love the Dick jokes as well. And I was like, hey, man, just come on, join us, talk some draft because I'm I'm not gonna lie to the people. I don't watch a lot of college basketball draft stuff. I don't really know what's going on with this stuff. I don't think the, the draft is uh, SB3's expertise either. So it is helpful to have someone who actually pays attention to this stuff. Um, so I guess my first question is, what are we looking at at two or three? And it, who do you think goes between uh, Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller? Uh, two or three, you're looking at Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Charlotte has LaMelo Ball. Uh, So I don't know how interested they are in getting Scoot, but they should be because he is absolutely the second best player in this draft. Um, I think they might go Miller, though. And I just don't know if you can trust Miller's off-court decision-making because he's made some terrible decisions in his life (laughs) recently. (laughs) Uh, But as a basketball player, he's a pretty solid basketball player. But of the three, statistically, not all three are going to hit. And if uh, you were to choose one of the three to not hit, I would go with Brandon Miller. I Scoot seemed to be like the consensus number two. And then is it largely just fit when it comes to the Hornets looking looking at Miller? Because by all accounts, it seems like Scoot Henderson's the better player over Brandon Miller. Yeah, it, it will come down to fit. 
I just don't know if you want to take the ball out of LaMelo Ball's hand because uh, Scoot is absolutely going to be the driver of your offense. He's going to need the ball. I don't, you could, he can play off ball because he is a good enough shooter, good enough penetrator, but I just don't think you want to ever take the ball out of Scoot's hands. He's just too good at compromising a defense and too good at generating offense. Will says Hornets aren't in any position to worry about fit. They need talent, which is a hundred percent true because they don't have a lot of talented players on that roster. Right true, now. but if you know the Hornets draft history, they're not the best at making decisions. <laughs> no, it's not good. Also true. It's, yeah, also true. it's not good at all. Um, all right, what else are we looking at in, in the lottery? Who are some some names that that stand out to you and where where they could end up going? Uh, the two that I look most at of uh, who could potentially be your all NBA players, your all stars, perennial, are the uh, the Thompson twins. Asar and Amin Thompson. Uh, they're both six foot seven, top one percent athletes in the world. Uh, both of them are just defensive menaces, uh, lockdown defenders, big rangy guys. Could jump out the gym, basically, just do it all defenders from day one. Um, Amin is more an on-ball uh, player. He was their lead guard as they've grown up. So Asar is more of the off-ball a shooter. Well, not a shooter because they're, they're neither one of them can shoot. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's the big uh, um, minus on both of them is neither one's really a shooter. Both of them can score, though. Um, a lot of driving, a lot of kicking. Both of them are really good at passing. Um, both of them can create mm, – but they make the right pass more often than not. Amon's obviously more developed as a lead ball creator, whereas Asar is uh, basically your stand in the corner, driving, get layups, and dunk on everybody. Um, both of them are really, really solid players. Uh, they're both at uh, overtime elite, so they skip the high, high school route. And um, overtime elite's uh, kind of like an academy. Uh, it is an accredited school, so you can go there and then go on to college. But they're basically preparing you to be an NBA player the entire time you're there. That's your whole day is spent working on becoming a professional basketball player. And so it's kind of a, a new setup that kind of scared away some kids who don't think that's the best route for them. But you can maintain your college eligibility if that's a route you choose, or you can go play in Europe, uh, play in the NBA if you are that level of a uh, talent. Uh, Who do you I, think I, is going to get drafted first between the the Thompson brothers? Uh, I th- I think Amon probably goes first. He's just got more experience as an all ball creator. Uh, I think they're both going to be point guards eventually. Uh, but Amon is obviously more skilled and more experienced in that role right now, and I think offers more value to an offense. I know the Thunder are at number 12 and a lot of talk around. I apologize if I said the same wrong. Belil Kolobi. Uh, oh, yes. he, he, play, he played with Wimbiniana um, in, in France for the Metropolitans. And apparently he's got a draft promise somewhere around the, uh, you know, Raptors under area, which the Raptors and the Thunder like to have kind of go with the, the international players. He seemed to, seems to fit the Thunder profile 
Is this, this is a good pick if my Thunder end up taking him? I think so. Uh, he was kind of a latecomer because not a lot of people saw him earlier in the season. He wasn't really getting minutes because this is a like professional league that they're playing in, in France. So it's not a bunch of young kids getting minutes, which is more impressive when you got Wembyama and Bailao Koulibaly, uh, both being starters on uh, a playoff team that went far in the French playoffs. And they're relying on two 19-year-olds to kind of lead that team, which uh, I think is kind of helped boost his uh, draft stock. Amani Bates. So this is a name we heard for many years coming out of like high school. He's like the most touted high school prospect since LeBron. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, this draft, he's going to be the number one pick. He might not get drafted. Like what yep. has happened with Amani Bates? And do you think any team like takes a flyer on him in the second round? I think Amani Bates is going to go probably early second round. He might sneak into the late first round, but there are big holes in his game. He doesn't really know how to play organized basketball. Um, he's not much of a passer at all. He's kind of a black hole on offense. He doesn't have the best shot selection. He can make tough shots, but he shouldn't probably take tough shots. He needs, he's got the skill set to probably work better at finding good shots and just puts more work into getting bad shots. And he, he's just not an efficient player. I don't know how well he'll translate to an NBA offense. Do you think it's I, like... I do I do know a little bit about the Amani Bates uh <laughs> downfall because uh, there is a lot of videos of that on YouTube. Uh basically Amani Bates is like if Jeff Hardy and John Morant had a baby. That's been <laughs> that's been his downfall, is his off the court because he's been arrested. Uh, he went the whole wrong route. His his parents didn't help him out as well because he was on a good route when he was in high school, and then they took him out during his senior uh, senior or, or junior year and kind of put him tried to put him in like the the pre- predecessor to what uh, Louis was talking about, what they put the Thompson twins in, but. It was like solely unorganized. It hurt his eligibility as well, and kind of, to, uh, kind of took back a lot of the the colleges that were already looking at him. And then all of his off court stuff with getting arrested, dealing with like guns and drugs, and yeah, it, it's like I said, Jeff Hardy meets John Morant off the court. I thought Imani Bates was going like next year because nobody was talking about him for this year and then i looked it up i was like oh he's in this year's draft and i remember he was the big thing when okc got all these draft picks everybody's like oh monty bates coming to okc and i mean i guess it still could happen they just won't have to use their lottery pick on him and get him with one of their 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 second round picks um grady dick is a guy who potentially going in the lottery it seems to be all over the board honestly like i it depends on who's out there obviously at number 12 but as a shooter for, for OKC with a lot of their playmakers and stuff, I would very much like to have his shooting on this team. Where, where do you see Grady Dick going? Uh, I think Grady Dick goes in the bottom half of the lottery. Uh, anywhere between, honestly, as high as six to Orlando. And I don't think he falls out of the lottery. Uh, the shooting's just too, too good. Um, he's uh, probably the best 
shooter in this draft. Um, he's just too good at movement threes, uh, relocating threes. He he can attack a closeout with athleticism. Um, he's just a solid, solid player who can fit on just about any offense uh, in in the league. He needs to come to OKC. That's that's what we need. <laughs> we need we need this shooting. Uh, where do you see? Well, we'll talk about SB 3s Lakers. They got the the seventeenth pick. Do you, who do you see potentially going there, or does the Lakers try to move that pick? If I was the Lakers, I would try and get a wing. Uh, there's a couple in this draft I really like. Uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. I don't know if he'll be around uh, there, but he's a six seven Penny Hardaway style point guard who can kind of get his shot wherever from Indiana. Um, there's a couple of these big 10 guys around. Uh, uh, there's a, I can't think of his name. He's from uh, Chet Howard from Michigan. Is kind of a similar, not as good of a creator, but a bigger wing who can kind of get his shot off and work well around LeBron and uh, Davis. I, I've been hearing more talk about uh, Keontae George uh, from Baylor. That's who I've been hearing that the Lakers are are looking at. Uh, Keontae George and Nick Smith Jr., those are the names that that I've been hearing. But Jeff, Jeff Howard, I have seen him play. He reminds me more, a little bit of uh, Mike Miller with the way he plays and can shoot the ball. Yeah, I don't know if Keontae George will be there at 17. Um, I see him going a little higher, end of the lottery again, maybe Toronto. Uh, what was the other one you said? Uh, um, who was it? Oh, Nick Smith Jr. Oh, oh Nick Smith Jr. Uh, yeah, he kind of fell in the draft a little bit. Uh, yeah. Probably the wrong college choice. Uh, he probably didn't go to the best fit for him, where he would be more the on-ball guard. We kind of shared those duties. Uh, but that would be someone the Lakers should probably take a good look at. Who is a guy who a lot of people are high on, they think is probably a lottery pick, and you're just not completely sold on? Uh, my choice would be Anthony Black. He's, the shooting's just so poor. Uh, he shot like 28% on threes. I just don't know if that shooting will ever get to the point where it's functional in the NBA. But he's got everything else you would look for. Um, but it's like, that first year of Markel Fultz where he just couldn't shoot and you couldn't really use him. Uh, he's just not a shooter at all. I, I've seen him go like six uh, in, in some mock drafts. Like yeah, some people, he, yeah. Yeah. He's pretty consensus, a top 10 pick, but if anybody's going to bust for a specific reason, it'll probably be him because of shooting. There you go. Look at this. When, when Anthony black is a bust, we're going to look back on this tape and be like, our guy had it. Louie had it. He knew <laughs> that Anthony Black was not going to work out. Uh, Trey asks, where do you, uh, what team do you think could like fix Amani if he were to get drafted there? Uh, Warriors. I feel like that's a yeah, easy consensus. Of, yeah, I, the I Warriors. Think could, I think if he can make it the best use of his size, because he is 6'11", a, a shooter, not a great shooter, but he is a shooter with 6'11 skills, some fluidity to his athleticism. I think they could make the best use out of him. What about heat culture? The heat can allegedly fix everybody, and 
you know, you go there and you're just automatically the greatest player in the world. Ah, uh, I could see it. They could probably get the most out of him as an athlete, but I don't know if the the ball movement of the Heat and I just don't see the fit for him in a lot of places. Jimmy Butler is going to just immediately be over yeah. this guy yeah, at that's... the moment. <laughs> He's going to jump all over. <laughs> yeah, just done. Done with this dude. The moment he takes uh, one of these terrible shots or doesn't pass him the ball. Um, what, else, what else? Anything else we, we need to discuss when it comes to the draft, Louis? Uh, we could do more of a deep dive on Grady Dick if you want. <laughs> we can place. talk about. I think my internet just cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're here uh, now. I'm I hear here. you. Uh, apologies. Wait. Yes. Sorry. So, we well, deep, I, I, we one, can go one person dick deep, deep dick. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> one person that we haven't mentioned that a lot of people say is going to be a lottery pick, uh, Cam Whitmore. Where do you think he's going to go in this uh, lottery? I think Cam Whitmore can slide a little bit. Uh, I know he's. Some projections have him in the top five, top six. Uh, I could see him falling a little bit. He's a he's a big dude, uh, about six six, two thirty, two forty. Uh, just a strong player. There's a couple of guys like that in the league who are doing pretty well. He he's got a nice little offensive game. He can. Uh, Be a secondary creator, uh, but he's not a creator. Get out of here. <laughs> hey. We always got Say people hi. running in on this show. It's, yeah. Always got kids going in. Hey. Where does he All think right. Grady Dick's going to be drafted? He's thinking. Uh, okay, see. Oh, I would love Grady Dick and OKC. We need that shooting. We need it. We we don't have enough shooters. OKC is probably just going to draft another great yeah. athlete who can't shoot. That's their. I think you'll go OKC at twelve. Oh, that'd be great. Would love it. He's going to end up in Utah. Utah loves their white players. He's going to end up in Utah. That's my prediction. <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's a good point. All right, we're we're locking on to uh, people who. They're longtime fans of just anything we do here at Fightful. Know that Sean, Sean and I did a draft watch along many years ago, back when we didn't even have like overbooked or anything like that. We just, we liked the NBA, so we wanted to do a draft watch along. And we stayed on that entire draft until Bull Bull got selected. And Bull Bull just became like our guy at Fightful. And then we still text each other jokes about Bull Bull and stuff. Who's like barely in the league at this point, but he'll have like a great, like 15 game stretch where it looks like he's the best player in the world. And we're like, Bull Bull, we told everybody. And then he doesn't play anymore. Um, if, you, if you wait two years, uh, there's another bowl coming. John bowl. He's oh, let's uh, go. another seven foot three unrelated to the other bowls, but he's a oh. seven foot three center <laughs> with passing and shooting. That's going to be our new guy. So two seasons um, away, we've got John Bowl. The family of Bowls. Yeah. yeah. For for this draft, though, we've adopted Grady Dick as our as our child here on FMC, and we will be rooting for the success and living and dying on the success and failure of Grady Dick. We will we will watch what team he goes to, 
and the draft on Thursday, and then we will continue to follow his career and we will hype him up or we will abandon him if he disappoints us. That, that is We're going dig deep. That's right. That's dig right. deep. Let's go dig. Let's go dig. Let's go dig. I don't know if uh, my kids are still watching this show. They're going to be like, what is happening? Hey, that's his last uh, name. It is. Yeah, we're not saying anything wrong. It's just his last name. I'm not saying it. He got that G dick. Oh, oh my gosh. They're going to come. They're going to start repeating all this. And the wife is going to come back and be like, (laughs) what did you guys talk about on this show? Like, baby, he's he's going to be drafted on Thursday. What do you want me to do? That's his name. We're we're living and dying by the dick. Great stuff, Trey. Great stuff, Trey. I'd I'd make worse (laughs) jokes if... They weren't around, uh, but I know I know the TV's on, so I don't want to make terrible jokes out here. Uh, Louie, thank you for joining us. Let everybody know where they can find you at, and uh, we will we'll talk more more draft after the draft with you. I don't know if we're going to watch along on Thursday. We'll see kind of how I'm feeling about things, but potentially, potentially. We're living and dying by the dick, though, as SB3 said. You can find me in the chat. <laughs> Just in the chat. <laughs> That's about it. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, that, that is Louis. Yes, he will be in the chat. You can you can see him hating on your favorite team, most likely, <laughs> and uh, providing a lot of insight as well. Uh, I'm going to send this to our pal, Cher Delaware. I don't know if we have reality television to like talk about. When is Well, there's, there's some challenge news. There's okay. some challenge news. As you know, SV3, and as I assume a lot of our, our listeners and, and viewers know, like I've been very out of the loop on everything these past couple of weeks. Um, wife and I just got around to watching uh, Temptation Island, which which premiered the the new season premiered on um, last Wednesday, and then The Big D, which was oh, oh man, that's a messy show. That's a messy show. SB3. That's gonna you gotta watch that one. That these are on Wednesdays on USA. I understand there's other stuff on Wednesdays, but you know, that's what repeats and uh everything is for. But that's a messy show. Uh the the big D. Temptation Island's gonna be messy this season too, because they introduced this new thing where like a light goes off when like there's a hookup in the opposite villa. So mm. like they can see if like their significant other is like cheating like in real time, but they don't know which one it is. So like, you know, it's four Uh, women, four men, they're in opposite villas with all the temptresses and everything. And they can see when the light goes off, it's like, Oh, which man or woman's cheating over here. So everybody, everybody paranoid. (laughs) These are some messy shows out there. That's Wednesdays on USA. I listened to, I'm going to just, does Christian Cage have this? Would be a, a a a question for our pal Cher Delaware, who knows everything about everybody. Uh, Christian Cage revealed that he watches The Ultimatum, and I want Ooh. Christian Cage show just to talk about The Ultimatum. I don't Come care on, about Christian. this wrestling stuff. Don't care about that at all. Who cares? I want I, I want I want to talk Ultimatum. With Christian Cage, oh, I feel like that'd be fantastic. Come on, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's be about it. Come on, Christian. Be great great. all time wrestler, and we're going to talk about nothing about wrestling at all. 
we want to talk about the ultimatum. That's the point of this show is to, this is what we should do. Um, you know, we, we've had challenge people. We've interviewed challenge people on this yep. show. Our next, like, you know, technically this is a wrestling channel. Allegedly, this is a wrestling Trey, channel. Trey, Trey, I'm already up on that. I'm oh, yeah, up yeah. On that. Love SB3. after lockup. Love after lockup is, is one of the greatest of all time messy reality shows. Like, it's an all time. Like, I would put it up there. I don't even know what season to put up there. But it's in the pantheon. Of messy reality shows. It's up there with Jersey Shore season two in Miami when Ronnie when Ronnie was 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 motorboating uh dancers and stuff and, and the notes and all that great stuff. It's in the pantheon of all time messy reality shows. And look, Cher Delaware is here. Hey Cher. Yeah. Been so long. How are you? I am doing all right. How are you guys? I'm happy you are here, Cher Delaware. That's that's how I'm that's how I'm doing. I, I told SB3 this at the start. We haven't done the show for a few weeks. And I'm happy to to see both of you. I've run in on shows that SB3 has been on, but I've not like it's been forever since I've talked to you on the air, Cher Delaware. So I'm happy you are here. And uh we were just talking one, SB3 was talking about love after lockdown, which I I gotta get on this at some point, but Again, it's been a it's been a few weeks here and I just haven't been able to watch anything. But we were we we're also talking, we found out, or I found out, and I shared with the audience that Christian Cage is a fan of the ultimatum. And so what I was pitching basically is you know, we've interviewed reality people on this show, and I think we can kind of continue to do that on the show, but what we also need to do is just like interview wrestlers about non-wrestling stuff, about these messy reality television shows and, and sports. Like there's so many basketball fans that, that are, that are wrestlers and everything. You know, there's a lot of uh, wrestlers, also hockey fans and everything. We have them talk hockey, basketball, and then these reality television, cause they secretly like this stuff. Too. Oh yeah. The fact that Christian likes the ultimatum and is watching the ultimatum. I guarantee that like these wrestlers, they watch these trashy reality shows oh, as yeah. well. And I want to talk to wrestlers about just terrible reality television on this show. So that's that's a goal for 2023. Like when you're sitting in a hotel room, you have no other option. You're going to watch yeah. TV. It's just what it is. So I, I want to I want to start interviewing wrestlers on this show and get their uh, reality television takes for us. Diana can join us and talk the challenge. Yeah. And we'll just tell them like we don't we don't want to hear about wrestling. We don't. <laughs> we don't we won't get wrestling. the interviews through companies. We definitely won't get it through Impact if we don't talk about Impact. <laughs> that won't happen at all. Uh, we get yelled at. What, what do you Sorry. mean? Sorry, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, she we'd can have plug to, like... Impact at the end, but yeah. we're talking about the challenge here. We'd have to like word it in a way of like. Who do you think would do well on the challenge? Oh, yeah. What is your what is your who do you think would make an impact in the challenge? <laughs> Team wow. impact on the yeah. challenge. Who would be on it? <laughs> what what season of the challenge had the biggest impact on you and your viewing <laughs> habits? I love it. I love it. <laughs> keep doing. Yeah, Leo Rush was on the challenge. We should get Leo on yes, to talk get about Leo. Talk too much challenge. But... And I, I wish that he could have stayed longer too, because I think yeah really well 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luchasaurus was on Big Brother. I don't know if he wants to talk about that experience because I don't think that went too well for for him. You got Kenny King to talk about The Bachelor. Who's that? Talk about The Bachelor? Kenny King. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's another wrestler uh, who's on like NXT or Level Up or whatever. Yeah. uh, That's going to be on this upcoming season of The Bachelor. But this this upcoming season of The Challenge, I'm actually looking forward to, guys. When's this premiere? uh, I believe it's either the end of this year or beginning of next year because you still have to do USA. I don't know when All-Stars 4 is is coming out they keep delaying it and i keep having conversations with tina about it like why they why they trying to hold you down why they trying to hold you down why they why they don't give us what we want um but yes this uh 39 is gonna be it's called a redemption uh season where it's all non-champions all non-champions of the challenge on season 39 and the the cast is i believe the cast just went out for the season. So I don't know if this is going to be like invasion of the champions where they're going to have the non-champions to start out. And then some champions are going to sprinkle in. But right now the uh, cast is Berna from spies, lies and allies. That was the one that hooked up with Nelson and was in the love triangle with Ashley. Colleen from last season, ride or die. That was the, uh, the two, the two blondes that were together. I thought they were like Swiss or something, but I'm probably wrong. Um, you got Jessica from the Challenge Australia. I don't, I don't know how she was they memorable. Want to start, I don't start bringing these other countries in. I'm, I'm off. They, 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 they already started. There's a few of these on here. Uh, Melissa's back. Melissa from Vendettas and Final Reckoning. Last time oh. she was on the show, she was actually pregnant on the show. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> She has like the most beautiful baby in the world. Her baby is gorgeous. Even though she she doesn't have the best choice in men because she did hook up with bananas once. Um, <laughs> Michelle from Spies, Lies, and Allies and Ride or Dies, who she's slowly but surely becoming one of the faces of the challenge because she was literally on USA. She got home, went to a Taylor Swift concert, and then immediately went out to, nice. to film this one, to film 39. Uh, you got Mariah from Ride or Dies, who doesn't have the anchor on her ankle named Fessy this season. <laughs> one of one of the MVP rookies of last season, Norice is back, getting the drama. We got some drama with Norice. <laughs> Norice is back. The real MVP of last season, as far as the rookies, Olivia's back from Ride or Dies. You got Raven, who was the rival of Norris in the love triangle with Johnny from Ride or Dies is on this season. Uh, Huhui, who was on the Challenge Australia and the World Championship. That was the partner with Nelson, where they did awful against Tristan and uh, Kellyanne in World Championships. Big T is back, baby. Big T. Big T, let's go. Uh, Zara from the the Challenge UK and World Championship. She was uh, Wes's partner in World Championship. She's back. Oh, my God. One of the guys who's been on so many reality shows, you don't even know where to start. Asaf is back. He was on the same Are You the One season as uh, Tori. And he was on Total oh, Madness, okay. where he where he was only there for one night and still hooked up with Nani. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got Callum from the Challenge UK. He was also on X on the Beach. Uh, yeah. He's on the show. 
I remember him. Yeah. The best daddy on the challenge. Chauncey is here. Chauncey from Rider Dies is gonna be on the show. He he had he watched his baby be born and then he had to get on a flight. That's he was out. <laughs> he was like, I gotta get on the flight, make this money, baby. Uh Kirian from the Challenge Australia, he's on there. Corey from Spies, Lies, and Allies, he's on there. Ed from the circle and spies, lies, and allies. Oh. He's back. Not Ed. Yes, oh, Ed. Boy. Then we don't we still don't know if he's a vampire or not. Emmanuel from Spies Lies and Allies, he's on the show, so don't know how well he's gonna do without you know one of his hookups dragging him along. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, the other MVP of Ride or Dies, Horacio is back. He's gonna be on the season. Uh Huey from Spies Lies and Allies, uh Kyland from the Big Brother and the Challenge USA, he's gonna be on the season. Uh, James Locke from the Challenge UK, he's on the season, and Jay from Total Madness, Double Agents, Ride or Dies, he's going to be on the season as well. Yeah, they're definitely going to end up bringing in some uh, mercenaries or something. Some, oh, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> no names on there. Yeah, no, no, none of the Challenge staples is on that season. If anything, if you're going to pick a non-champion, uh, you got to get Pauly. Gotta get Pauly on there. I have Josh and Fessy on there. Nani? Oh, hell no. Like, please, please, please. I know I what I'm saying. You know they ain't never won nothing. Yeah. But, but Nani couldn't make it. This is this would be her season like, to finally <laughs> win something. How, a bunch of non-champions in there. If she still didn't win this with a bunch oh. of who had never won. That's why she turned it down. <laughs> She's like, She's like I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. I think people would just like feel bad for her. Of like, oh, let's just get her to the finals. Like, or, or they might target her immediately. Be like, no, you're not gonna win this season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't have really any like name that's done multiple seasons, and that you really like. Oh yeah, I know this person. Yeah, really well and everything. So yeah, I agree. They're gonna have to. They're probably gonna bring in like some mercenaries or some type of twist in there to get some names. You know. Fessy and Josh. That's probably oh, God, please don't. Now, you know what? Like, look, this isn't the the best way in the world, but I could see this being like they do bring in mercenaries still who haven't won anything, but are more of na names you know, and then they get to take the spot if they beat them in like like the they did in Final Reckoning. Yeah, Final Reckoning. Yeah. They did that. Yeah, I, I could see them doing. Get Amanda like in there. Give me Amanda. <laughs> Give me Corey. Give me, give me Is those. Corey give me Nelson. Money? Nelson, there we go. Nelson, Louis Nelson, T, and Corey. Nor Nelson, and none of the, uh, the only young buck that ever won Nelson. was Hunter. Hunter. And he didn't even win money. Yeah, Hunter didn't even win money. Yeah. Nelson, a break. He can barely walk. Nah, get him in there. Don't care. Nelly T, the return, the redemption. It's gonna happen. I don't know why I thought Corey had like won something when. It just feels like a lot of these people who have been around for so long, I feel like they just, oh, they want like a team thing. I'm sure. No. I'm sure of it. And then they didn't. Hi, kid. You say hi? That's Jeremy. You remember we went to his wedding? I was trying to powerbomb you through a table one night. <laughs> I have no clue who these people are. So. <laughs> it's like I'm out. Yeah, fair. Oh, no, we're not twerking in anybody's face. Get oh, away. 
threatening, threatening to twerk. Oh my god! It's Let me tell you, <laughs> I'll twerk with them. Let's let's all just twerk. You two probably would look about the same twerking. Yeah, I, scrawny white kids with no butt trying to twerk. He looks like Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> the best twerking right there. It's Tina exactly from Bob's Burgers. Like. That's about how I look when I when I twerk. Yeah, I definitely do it very often. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any anything else we we need to talk about? We've gone through the challenge. Share Delaware, you watching any any trashy television? I'm not watching any TV at all right now, actually. Smart. Watching watching the wrestling. I saw you were, and I know we don't talk wrestling, but I saw you went to Chicago for Phil's return. Uh, yes, we got to see Phil Lindsay. We were very excited. That's um, the return I was talking about. Yeah, Chicago yeah. Phil. Yes. Um, that was my kid's first time in Chicago. Um, they were not fans of traffic. <laughs> when it took us 80 minutes to go about 13 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Here it takes about 10 minutes to go 13 miles. <laughs> so they were they were not fans of that. We had baseball practice Saturday morning, left baseball practice and immediately drove to Chicago. Reed slept 4 hours on the way. Oh boy. To and then we did all that. Um, the Hilton lost my car. So the hotel, the hotel is like in the airport. Like it is mm. in the middle of all the stuff at the airport. So there is no self-park. You have to use um, valet. So we waited for Mr. Will Washington so that we could go back to the hotel because he was staying the same place we were so it was like one by the time we got back and I stood there and waited for like 10 minutes for the valet to come out there because he was smoking so he finally comes and goes and parks my car and doesn't write down where he parked it on the ticket so when we went to leave the next morning the valet couldn't find it and the guy was literally running around trying to find my car and we're just standing there holding all of our stuff because I don't have benches or anything so we're <laughs> standing there I'm like well this is fun and then we drove home and uh then yesterday we got up and went to an amusement park nice so we went and it rained pretty much the whole day but that meant there was like nobody there so we had That's fun good. and then came home and had a baseball game last night we never stop. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the the busy life of of Cher Delaware, and you're making stickers. You know, in yeah. tacky therapy for everybody. I got two. Go. That I just. I'm gonna show him. No, we're not showing anybody how to twerk. You don't even have clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> you are in underwear right now. Please get away. What is this, dude? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> Put Kramer back over there. Kramer's a weirdo. Kramer is a weirdo. He is. He is a weirdo. Yeah. 
swear. I just see your son in underwear just behind you, just chilling. <laughs> oh, there he is. Oh, he's, he's trying. He realizes where the camera is. There he goes. Yeah. There he goes. Kirk can do it so you can go away. Look, look at me. <laughs> Go. Get away. Yo. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> he said this is what she has to deal with all day long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bless. <laughs> Kids, man. Too blessed to Kids. be stressed. <laughs> Kids. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. That was great. The, the one, I tweeted this last night, the, the one has learned how to Eddie Guerrero me. And it's, uh, oh, so <laughs> they'll have like, like a, let's just say like crackers or like a water bottle or something. I'm just like, hey, yeah, let's do this. What are we doing? Oh, he's got Is do that the whip. Or the no, nay nay. Uh, watch nay nay. I don't know whip, any of these dances whip, anymore. Whip, nay, nay. Is like that? That's a Dougie, right? Is that from Fortnite? Teach yeah. me how to Dougie. Teach, Fortnite, teach me how to Dougie. Loser dance. Oh, so, the loser dance. Yeah. Okay. He's telling you. Like us. <laughs> He's yeah. twerking again. I'm not. <laughs> so, so the one. They'll have like. Oh, the other one's on the other side okay, of you. Get away. Okay. See twerk as well? They both twerk? They're all hogging the camera. Yeah. I think I think the oldest is on the other side. Yeah, he's sitting over there writing down what wrestlers he wants me to buy for him. Oh, okay. Does he want to twerk? Do we all all just can twerk? He doesn't twerk. He is on no. what's that website? Ringside collectibles writing down how much oh. I spend. For yeah. him, get away! Yeah, a lot of stuff on there. Put him in a cravat. We're trying to do this. I'll do Put him in a cravat. Put him in a cravat. Dude, it doesn't matter. Kramer didn't have cravat. I don't care. What? <laughs> Continue your story. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have like a water bottle or like crackers or whatever. Like, hey, can I can I use this? And then they'll hand it to me. And I'll take it. I'll bop him on the head. And they'll run off to the wife. I'm like, oh, Jeremy hit me. It's very funny. <laughs> so la last night, I got this Barbie scarf. It's just like, little whatever. It doesn't hurt or anything. And they like, hit me with it. And I just put my hand out for it. And so she places it in my hand. And she's like, oh, here. And then she looks at me. And she runs off to the wife. And she's like, Jeremy just hit me with the scarf. Jeremy hit me. Like, I didn't do anything. She put the weapon in my hand and ran off and said she got hit with it. She completely Eddie Guerrero'd me. <laughs> Just 100% Eddie Guerrero'd me on this. Like, I did not actually hit the child with the, the, with the Barbie scarf on this. My history would say that, yes, I was going to bop her with it. <laughs> but in this instant, I did not. And... She just doesn't matter. Told on uh, me. It gets so much sympathy too. It's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Is it, is it the one? 
Oh yeah, you know which one it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, just everything around oh, the finger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can see it. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> I actually uh, just just watched uh, the Jersey Shore season seven trailer with uh, uh, Sammy, and Sammy. it looks like, yeah, it looks like she's she's going to be causing a lot of drama. Apparently, because right. she hasn't liked how how they've been talking about her since she left. I lo- I loved Pauly. Pauly. Pauly said, "Are you a hologram?" He's just yeah. like, "This can't be real." <laughs> and it's funny because I I was wondering. I, I thought the whole reason she was coming back is because Ron was away, but apparently Ron's in the season and he's trying to get back on the show. Oh, good. Let this be the messiest nonsense ever. Let it it go. We need it. We need it. We need need the messiness. I'm for it. We need Ron and Sam in the same room 12, 13 years later. So I need Ron to get off of steroids. Yeah, well. Hey, let's let's just work on you know alcohol and drugs first. Let him do what he let him do what he wants. It's it's honestly like a it's a it's a better he's more fueled. On that kind of stuff, and it makes for for better better television. If you do for love, I agree. I don't know. I don't, what know. I don't either. I just agree. It's a do for life. Okay, I told you to be quiet. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we need to wrap up here? We're almost at two hours on this show, but whatever. You know, we, got hey, we, we had to come back today. with a long episode after being away for two weeks. We did. Uh, we we my... need the people need Jeremy and Cher to start watching Love After Lockup. Love After Lockup. Life After Lockup. It's great stuff. It's I, great television. I have like, actual fights. I probably have a hundred episodes of shows on my DVR right now. <laughs> watched because i don't ever watch tv i'll watch them <laughs> so. all right uh we're gonna do plugs and then we're gonna get out of here with the 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 smaller one and myself we're gonna twerk our way oh, out no. of here I, i'm gonna twerk for everybody all right this is my big return to fmc just twerking why not right who cares nobody watches this show i embarrass myself he's excited <laughs> He's excited. Let's go. All right. Cher, do you have anything to plug? Therapy. I want to show you. That's what I Yeah. Everyone go to tackytherapy.com. Order some stickers. I ordered uh, a couple Taylor Swift stickers for for the children. So they're very excited to to pick those out. Um, SP3, do you have anything to plug? Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. You can go over to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Uh, did a collision review on Sunday, collision course with me, Sober Guy JJ, and uh, Romeo. Got the True Hill Heat flagship podcast. Got a whole bunch of reviews and Wait, stuff like that. And so- a new interview dropping. It's Sober huh? Guy JJ now? I thought it was drunk. Yeah, guy. now he's sober. Now he's now sober. sober. He said, he said he's sober, but he showed up an hour late. He was hungover guy, JJ. On Sunday, because it was Father's Day. Okay, well, he showed up. He be. showed up. He showed up on Ultra CP time, an hour late. Thankfully, <laughs> Romeo was there with me. Well, to I hold mean, it down. He was hungover. He wasn't drunk, so this yeah. is true. 
<laughs> hungover guy jj he was on sunday but yes uh we're gonna be doing the reviews of AEW collision on sundays now so it'll be me and sober hungover drunk guy jj whatever guy jj he decides to be that day will be on there on sunday and a new interview with eddie edwards dropping uh probably tomorrow nice nice all right get get let, let the let the let him get his screen time all right. This is not gonna go. Alright, we're gonna twerk. You ready? Up. You can't this is how alright. My my skirt I don't have but give my non butt in there. <laughs> Back it up. Oh ah! <laughs> Breaking everything. Monitor fell. Like shot off sap and the monitor falling. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's okay. Nothing's broken. I backed the ass up too much. Yo! Why'd you drop the phone? Flip it. <laughs> do whatever you need to do. We're back, baby. FMC's back. <laughs> Bye, everybody. This is Germ 